0: Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Pena, and we are excited that you are joining us for worship this morning. The scripture reading for today is in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. The sermon title today is, If You Love Me, Prove It. It's going to be an awesome message. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for this Amazing gift of our faith. And we thank you for this privilege, God, to be able to come together with your children and be able to gather together, God, in a time of worship and a time of communion with you and with each other, and now to hear your word. I ask, Father God, that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, God, be pleasing to you, O God, our Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. I ask that you make me small, Holy One, so that your word may be magnified. Prepare our hearts, prepare our minds prepare our spirit, open our ears, God, so that we may hear your word. We know, Father God, that there is no one connected this morning that is uh, connected by accident or coincidence. So we believe, Holy God, that you have an important and personal message for each one of us this morning, and we receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The scripture reading again is in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21, and it says this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the word of the Lord this morning. You know, last week, um, we heard uh, a wonderful scripture that uh, is pretty common, we're pretty familiar with, um, especially in difficult times. Uh, we hear it in many funerals uh, where Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And we like that scripture, it, it is comforting. It, it, it helps us uh, when we hear it, even though the situation might be difficult, just to hear those words is very comforting and we, and we do like to hear it. And I think one of the other reasons on why we like to hear it is because it doesn't require very much from us other than to have faith, other than to believe. And and that's easy and we can we can relate to that. But today we're going to see the continuation of that scripture. And and these words are don't think are as common and, and maybe instead of being comforting to many of us, they're a little bit more challenging. Let me see how many of us can relate to this. Imagine that you are just, you know, taking it easy. uh, You are doing your part, sheltering in place. and, And as I read the other day, you're being a couch potatriot. And then your loved one comes into the room and says, do you love me? The first thing that sometimes comes to our mind would be, oh, oh. Because the next words are probably not going to be words of comfort. They're going to be uh, words that are going to require something from us. Do you love me? If we say yes, then the next part will be, then will you? And that makes us a little nervous. Because now it's requiring something from us. It's requiring, requiring some effort. And so we're going to talk about that today because Jesus starts today's scripture, starts today's message with, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I think the better interpretation of it is not if you love me, is since you love me, you will keep my commands. And, And today we're going to talk about how do we do that? Because the reality is it is hard um, and we live in a world where, where it's hard to, to love. What is the commandment that he's talking about is to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strengths, But also love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And, and the reality is it is hard to love our neighbors when things are not necessarily going very well. Um, so how do we do this? And, and today, I'm glad we, uh, we are tuned in this morning because we're going to um, dissect this scripture and we're going to see how that is possible. Just a little bit of background um, as we continue um, this uh, sermon. Today, we're gonna to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, the teaching or doctrine of the Holy Spirit is one of the most divisive doctrines in the churches today. There are denominations on both extremes, from one extreme to the other, and then there are denominations that are certainly in the middle. You know, there are denominations that don't even mention the Holy Spirit, and then there are other denominations that are are all about the Holy Ghost. Um, there are denominations that um, understand it somewhat, um, but there are others that um, actually think that they understand it, and I don't think that they do. Um, but the thing is that we get caught up in the details that defines the differences in opinions, in beliefs, in doctrine about the Holy Spirit. And when we get caught up in the details that define the differences, we miss the point. And we start um, going against one of the signs and the workings of the Holy Spirit, which is unity. See, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we, we dissect it and we debate it and we translate it. And we even use it to judge. But here's a good one. What if we started applying it into our lives? See, that makes a world a difference. Imagine that we bought a car. And, and, and we're debating about whether it's a sports car or whether it isn't. If we start debating on whether we should use it to, to you know, just you know, go out on the weekends or should we use it to work? Um, should we use it to you know, only use it on special occasions or do we use it when we're actually having to carry you know, dirt and plants when we're working on, on the yard and things like that? And we can, we can be debating about this all day long and then imagine if somebody comes and says, but how does it drive? Imagine we would say, well, we don't know. We've, we haven't driven it <laughs> because we're too busy debating about it. And church, I believe that that is happening a lot in churches today. When we are caught up in the debate, we are caught up in the differences, and we are forgetting to apply it into our lives. And, and what good is a car? If we're not going to use it to take us to where we need to go. What good is a car that is full of gas, that has got a tank full of gas, if we're not going to, to get in the car and take, go and let it, and take us where we need to go. And, and that's the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit that we need to talk about today. I don't think, I don't think we understand what that power means. So today, we're going to look at three life applications that um, it is my prayer that will help us just get a little closer to the understanding of it. So get your pens and paper out so that you can start working on your notes, and, and we can uh, continue this time of study and teaching. Life application point number one is what difference does it make? If you love me since you love me jesus says then keep my commands and and, and the reality is we, we will answer the question do you love me when you know if jesus was to ask us we would of course say yes lord i love you and then then jesus says since you love me then keep my commands and that is when it becomes a little hard and and i think that we have become so accustomed to thinking that that is more of a suggestion rather than a commandment. Yes, I, I, I believe that because we somehow think that that piece is optional. And maybe we say, what difference does it make? You know, we all love to hear the words, I love you. We do, Is there, it's there, is the truth. We love to hear the words, I love you. And, and some of us might, might struggle with saying the words, I love you. I remember a reading, you know, something funny, and, and the wife tells the husband, You know, you never tell me you love me. We've been married for years, and you never tell me you love me. And he says, I told you once when we got married, if anything changes, I'll let you know. We do like to hear the words, I love you. But it's, I think, more important we're able to feel that we are loved. When, when instead of just saying the words, we demonstrate that we love. Because see, we can hear the words over and over and over, but let me tell you, actions do speak louder than words when it comes to love. So, so what difference does it make? It makes a world of difference because it will take it from words, to, to actual application in our lives. It will take it from words to an actual experience of love. What difference does it make? It makes a world of difference. And today, we're going to see three things, <clears throat> three areas in where it makes a difference. First of all, it makes a difference to God. See, see some of us see God... Um, I know I used to see God as as a, a judgmental God, a, a God about authority, a God about um, making uh, sure that I'm doing right and that I'm not doing wrong. And if I do wrong, then, then I get caught. And, and that's my story. That's my experience. And, and, and sometimes we think that God doesn't really um, get involved in our everyday uh, life. But the reality is that it's the farthest from the truth. God wants a relationship with you and with me. The reason he gave his son... And, and so that you and I could be able to have that relationship with him. So does it make a difference? It makes a difference to God because the sacrifice was real. <clears throat> and imagine, parents, you know, those of you that are listening, imagine how you feel when, when you see your children and you see that they're struggling and you know that that you can help them you know that they don't have to be out there uh, struggling on their own and you just want the best for your children and 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 you don't understand why sometimes we choose the paths that we do when when it's going to be difficult and as a parent you can you can understand that you, you just want the best for your children and, and and that's the way god feels about us he gives us free will he's not going to force himself on us but it makes a difference when we're able to demonstrate that we love God, that we love Jesus. And maybe when we struggle in that space, it's a, it's a sign, it's a gauge, that maybe we don't fully understand how much God loves us. That maybe we don't fully understand that the sacrifice of love was for you and for me. And then when we haven't grasped that, when we haven't fully understood that, when we haven't fully experienced that, then we might say things like, what difference does it make? It should make a difference to you because you want to live the best life for you because you want to know that you matter, that you have value. And when we demonstrate that that we love God in our actions, then we're able to love ourselves. It says to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So the question this morning is, do you love yourself? What difference does it make? It makes a world of difference to God, and it should make a world of difference to you. Do you love yourself? Because let me tell you something. You you don't want to miss this. It's really impossible to give something that we do not have. And if we don't have that love for God, And if we don't have that love for ourselves, then I promise you, we will not be able to give love to anybody else. What difference does it make? It makes a difference to others. Oh my God, Church, we live in a time in where this world desperately needs to see love. We live in a time right now when majority of the world is scared and you and I, we have that antidote. We have that medicine that's going to be able to help people see hope, see the light, be able to go beyond and see beyond the limitations that we have right now, the fears that we have right now. It makes a world of difference to others when we're able to demonstrate God's love. Because when we're motivated by love, then we don't put limits. We don't put a cap on what we're willing to do for others. When we um, demonstrate that we love God, others will be able to benefit from it the same way you and I benefit today. It makes a difference to others. Here's life application point number two. He is our advocate. Let me ask you something. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like you're just carrying the, the weight of the world on your shoulders? Have you ever felt like everyone just seems to be against you? Have you ever felt like, you know, you're challenged at work and you're challenged at home and you're challenged at church, and you and you sit there and you say, Man, it feels like everybody is on that corner, but there's nobody on mine. You ever felt that way? I have. And here's where I'm talking about is we forget that we already have that advocate, that other advocate, Jesus says. See, he was our first advocate and he is our advocate when it comes to God. But here he is our advocate when it, the Holy Spirit is our advocate when it comes to the world. And so, so imagine now feeling. Like there is somebody on your corner. Like there is somebody on your side. Like there is somebody that says, I got your back. Oh, let me tell you, there's no better words than to hear, I've got your back. You know, I remember um, when I first um, moved to to Corpus and I was working there and it's the first time that I ever uh, started working in the IT world. Um, That wasn't my background. And and my job was to actually go out and do installations at doctor's offices. And again, the technical field was not my background, so so I I got trained on how to connect the equipment and how to make it work, but I didn't know how to troubleshoot it. I didn't really understand how it worked. The really cool thing about it is that, that we had a team, or I had a team that was just waiting for me to make that phone call. And their instructions were, when he's out on the field, the moment that he calls you, you stop everything that you're doing and you help him because he is out on the field. And let me tell you something, that made a world of difference for me. My, my level of confidence really was, went up because I knew that I wasn't going out there alone. And I knew that, you know what, I didn't even have to figure this out. I just had to make a phone call, and somehow they were able to make it work. And that is the way the Holy Spirit works for us. It's saying, I am your advocate. You are not doing this thing alone. I am here to help you fight the fight, and to help you reach the victories in your life, and to help you be able to understand the sweetness of living life with Jesus. It is what we would call a game changer in our lives. The Holy Spirit in our lives is our game changer. Imagine before when, when they would go to war and, and, and they didn't have guns and they had to fight with swords and, and spears and, and the difference it made when they invented gunpowder. It, it just took the, the fight, the battle to a different level. To, to a higher level. And that is the game changer uh, for us at, when, when we invoke the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that we're no longer having to, to fight at that level. It really elevates our fight. And it changes our world. The Holy Spirit is that game changer. And then it's never the same after that. I don't think we understand the impact of the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our advocate. He is our greatest asset. Let me ask you something, church. And not just for New Beginnings, but anyone else that is out there listening. Um, In your church, if somebody was to ask you, what is your greatest asset? What would you say it is? You know, some people might say, it's our praise and worship team. No, you know, we, we have an amazing praise and worship team, and it draws people from all over the place because they just love to come and hear um, them worship. And, and, and this, we have a great um, Christian band, and, and it's awesome. Some might say, our greatest asset is our building. We have this beautiful building, and, and, and we can accommodate so many people. And when, and when people come, we, we can have a play, we can have a concert, we can have worship. I mean, our building is our greatest asset. Some could say, our pastor is our greatest asset. You know, this guy really, he is witty and he is funny and, and he knows how to connect with people and, and people just love to come and 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 he and love to hear him preach or her preach and then our pastor is our greatest asset. And you know what? All those things are good. Here's another one that's an important one. Some could say our greatest asset. Is our finances. As a church, you know, we are blessed that, that we have people who are generous, that, that we have organizations that support us, that, that we that we have plenty of money to do what we need to do to pay well, to have a beautiful building, to, to provide all these resources. And we can say our greatest asset is our finances. And all those things are great. I'm not taking away from any of those things. <clears throat> but any church... Should say our greatest asset is the Holy Spirit. If we cannot say that, then your praise and worship team, they can be as great as you say they are, but they're really, they're not praise and worship, they're entertainers. The the building could be this this beautiful structure, but without the Holy Spirit, it is just that. It is a structure, it is not a church. And, and, and your pastor, you know, could be witty, could be funny, could be anything you want it to be, but if he is not moved or she is not moved by the Holy Spirit, then they're just a motivational speaker. And there is a difference. It makes a world of difference when, we, when the Holy Spirit is our asset. I am not judging. I'm just, I'm just telling you that the Holy Spirit is the one thing that we as churches fail to understand and i think i think it is it is obvious sometimes you know i just started reading a book by uh, francis chan that's called the forgotten god and it's, it's a wonderful book and, and in fact new beginnings uh, that is a a study um that we're going to be doing pretty soon um and it talks about how we have forgotten about the holy spirit Because we have kind of steered away from that. We have made other things to be more important. Yes, Jesus is there. And yes, God is there. But then we start filling in the blanks with other things. And we forget about the Holy Spirit. And church today is a calling for us to invoke the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Every church should say our biggest and greatest and most important and most valuable asset is the Holy Spirit. And here's life application point number three. It says, for he lives with you and will be in you. Again, if there is one area where we've missed the point, is in not understanding what that means. He lives in us. He lives, Jesus put his spirit in ours, in our bodies, in our lives, in our spirit. He put himself in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And and do we understand what that means? I don't, I don't think we do many times. Because we try to go at this thing on our own. Because we try to build up certain assets in our churches and in our lives, and we think that that's going to be the answer, that that's going to be the solution, and we forget to invoke the power of the Holy Spirit. We forget about the power that the church received in the day of Pentecost. So, 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 yes, we need to be reminded of that. You know, I grew up in a church and where th- what I learned about the Holy Spirit was just the wrong information. I associated the Holy Spirit with a style of worship and that's what we were taught. Um, it was taught that the Holy Spirit was about speaking in tongues and that was, that was the, the biggest uh, sign of the Holy Spirit. The, the biggest gift of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. Like th- that was the most important thing that if you're not one who's speaking in tongues then you're not there yet. For years, I thought Pentecost was a personal experience and not and the ultimate experience. I, I was taught that, that if, if you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and you spoke in tongues, so that's the only way that we were able to verify that that is the truth, that you were like the varsity team in the Christian community, that, that you were it. And, and I never really associated it and what it really is, and which is a corporate experience. See, when, when, when they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus tells them, stay together in one place and in one accord. And now I've learned that, um, that it's not just about an experience, but it's also, there will be evidence. How do we demonstrate that he lives in us? And let me tell you, it happens through our witness. I had a pastor the other day, Reverend Dr. Howard John Wesley, one of my favorite um, pastors and speakers, And, and, and he says, when did God become boring? And when did Jesus become average? Now, now, you and I could say, well, no, God is not boring and Jesus is not average. Then let me tell you, what is the evidence of that? Because most people today, when they talk about church, or when you mention church to them, the one thing that they will tell you is boring. And, and when we see what we are satisfied with when it comes to our ministries, then we could say, we must... Think that Jesus is average because we are comfortable many times with an average service. Now I'm not talking about the service. I'm talking about the service that we give. That that we that we say, you know what? I only I only have time to to do this two hours a week um, because the rest of the time I'm just busy. So um, I, yeah, I can serve, but but um, you know, kind of I'm kind of limited. When when we think that we can just wing this thing, then let me tell you something. The message that we're giving is that we serve a God who is boring and we serve a Jesus who is average. And the farthest thing from the truth are those two things. The way we're going to demonstrate, the way there will be evidence in our lives that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we have the Holy Spirit in us, that we have Jesus' Spirit in us, is going to be in our passion. It's going to be in our love. And how passionate are we about Christ? How passionate are we about those that matter to Christ? How is your witness? Because, because, you know, I see people right now that are more passionate about politics than we are about Christ. I see people that are more passionate about this COVID thing than we are about Christ. I see people that are more passionate about defeating certain candidates or, or, or bringing out, you know, flaws on certain candidates than we are about Christ. Christian, let me tell you, the one thing that you and I have that, that the world doesn't have, that the world's not even able to see it, the world doesn't even, is not even able to recognize it because He lives in us, not in them, is love. And is that evident in our lives? Are we demonstrating that passion in our witness? It's not. It's not about a style of worship. It's not about how long the services are. You know, I grew up in, in a church and services could be three hours long. And let me tell you something, I am so glad today that it doesn't take us all day to have a Spirit-filled service. Because it's not about that. It's not about how many people spoke in tongues. It's about, um, this is what Pastor Wesley says, it's about how many people are speaking in English and in Spanish and, and in whatever language there is outside of the church telling people about Christ. He lives with you and will be in you. Is it evident in our lives today? Many of us have tried to do this thing on our own. You know, many of us have have run um, to other things and have made other things more important. We have forgotten about the power of the Holy Spirit to the point that God has become boring and Jesus has become average. Is the power of the Holy Spirit evident in your life today? Are, are you moving um, in a way that that it is a spirit moving you? Because one of the biggest signs of the Holy Spirit being in in your in our churches is unity. When 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 we can see people that are well to do and welfare sitting right next to each other worshiping. Where we can see gay people and straight people worshiping together the same God. When we can see black and white and everything in between worshiping the same God. When we can see clean cut and tattooed right next to each other saying, I love you and giving each other the peace of of God. That is what the Holy Spirit does. There is the evidence about the Holy Spirit moving in our lives and moving in our churches. Oh my God, we have so much work to do. But the beautiful thing, church, is that we have everything that it takes. We need to stop debating and start applying. Forget, it doesn't matter whether the car is a sporty car or not. Let's get in the car and let us go because you and I, we are the help that is on the way. And I don't know about you, but what I'm seeing out there We're a little far behind already. Let's take our place, church. Let's invoke the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let us revive that passion that somehow we forgot and and just renew the joy of our salvation. Is the power of the Holy Spirit evident in your life? If you love me, Jesus says, since you love me, Prove it. And church, it is my challenge to you today that we go out there and we prove it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this message. What an amazing reminder, God. What an encouraging reminder that we are not going at this thing alone. At this thing called life, that the, you as a Holy Spirit, you prepare us for this, this evangelism. You prepare us for ministries. That your Holy Spirit counsels us, God, in the times when it is difficult, in the times when we are having to force decisions. And it is your Holy Spirit, God, that, that helps us make a way. It is your Holy Spirit that gives us the discernment to be able to hear your voice loud and clear. And it is your Holy Spirit that helps us live right. To be able to witness, be witnesses with our own lives. So we thank you today, God, because we understand today that it does make a difference. It makes a difference to you, it makes a difference to us, and it makes a difference to others. We thank you for giving us the advocate, the Holy Spirit, which is a game changer in our lives that elevated our walk and our fight to that higher level and we thank you because you live in us, and because you live in us, we are able to live. We thank you, we honor you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen, amen, amen. We thank you so much for joining us. It is our prayer that this message has blessed you in a mighty way. Please go to our website, n.b.-ccc.org, and let us know how you are doing. Send us your prayer request so we can continue um, keeping you in prayer. It is your opportunity to give your love, love offerings and tithing. And it's also an opportunity for you to see some additional information. We're now doing virtual Bible study, so you are able to go through our website and connect in that way. We do it on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. You also will be able to see the children's ministry uh, and church and and service. You also see the Spanish service at nine o'clock in the morning. So let me tell you, we're an active church. And and if you go to our website, nb-ccc.org, you're able to get all that information. We are so excited that you joined us today. We we, we miss you, but we are so glad that you are worshiping with us today. Thank you for joining us. God bless you, and we will see you on Wednesday for Bible study and next Sunday for our service. God bless.